know the reason why you're going to meditate tonight. What meditation you're going to do. What is the purpose of the meditation? What is the immediate goal and the ultimate goal? Stir that in your mind until it becomes a strong determination. And let that strong determination <coughs> infuse your posture, informing it, making it come in line. <coughs> May the posture be conducive to helping you achieve this goal. Make sure the legs are in such a state that they are comfortable, stable, conducive to meditation. Arrange the hands with the same intention, infusing them with your determination. Elbows not too far, not too close to the body. Shoulders even, relaxed. Your back naturally straight, comfortable, stable. Head and neck are centered, so you don't have to apply any conscious effort to keep them in place. Mouth, teeth, tongue resting in their natural places so the jaws are not loose, the teeth not clenched, the tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. Eyes conducive to meditation, participating, aiding help you achieve your goal. Closed, open, or half open. Choose whichever is most conducive for you. Then, with the only concern of observing the breath, knowing you're breathing out when you are breathing out, knowing that you're breathing in when you are breathing in and having no other concerns whatsoever concerning the breath not concerned about forcing the mind to focus on the breath not concerned about controlling the duration of the breath no concern about whether or not there are distractions Your only concern, the only question, am I aware of the breath? As I'm breathing out, do I know I am breathing out? As I'm breathing in, do I know that I'm breathing in? adjustments that needs to be done to make sure that you have 
stability and comfort in the pasture. And let the sense of ease in the pasture be your gauge. The more comfort you feel, the more stable you feel, the more you are in the pasture. The pasture that is conducive to meditation. should not be or what should be. Are you aware of the out-breath while you are breathing out? Are you aware of the in-breath as you breathe in and you are doing your job? Are you also aware of the sense of ease in the posture? If these three awarenesses are present, then you are doing your job. After making the necessary adjustments with the posture, feeling a sense of ease and a sense of confidence in the posture itself, then bring your attention back to just following the breath, breathing out, know you are breathing out, keep following the breath until it becomes inhalation. As you breathe in, know you're breathing in. Follow the inhalation until it becomes exhalation. Breathing out, know you are breathing out. Be aware of the continuity of awareness, going from out-breath to out-breath. And try to maintain that continuity, unbroken, following 21 cycles of breath.
how the sense of ease is now deeper than before, how it is reflected in the very rhythm of the breath, in the very quality of awareness itself. Then bring your attention to the space in front of you, as though looking through a window right between the eyes the level about an arm's length distance from you, as you're looking at something or waiting for something, and contemplating the goal you seek, and questioning how will you get there. What is it that is going to guarantee you will succeed. What or who will lead you there infallibly, protect you perfectly? Start to feel the presence of a very bright form, the presence of your guide, the very goal itself, the very achievement of the goal, taking form to guide you, taking a form that is bright, that is made of light itself, a form taken specifically to guide you, to inspire you. And as you contemplate that this is indeed your guarantee, your perfect protection, your infallible guide, find that measure of conviction about its truth and hold on to that measure of conviction. to that measure of conviction. Show your reverence in your mind prostrate. Holding on to that measure of conviction that the actual means to help you achieve your goal is right before you in that space, appearing in that bright form. Now entrust yourself, take refuge, accept the protection that it was offering you, the guidance, the guarantee.
achieve your goal, for you have met the guarantee to achieve it, the means to achieve it. And you feel a sense of gratitude. Out of that sense of gratitude, you make offerings. Think of things that you own, offer them. Things you will own, offer them. Things no one owns that inspire you, that you find <coughs> that makes you happy, offer them. Think of things that exist in your imagination and offer them. Experiencing, have experience, come through your own actions. In order to clarify, clear your conscience, admit your faults, the actions committed under their influence. They are the very cause of the very problems you're experiencing. You have an intelligent sense of regret. Knowing that through the power of habit, you are incapable of stopping yourself in the past. So going forward, you're entrusting yourself in the three jewels, the teacher. Taking refuge seeking protection, seeking strength, then according to your own sense of strength, of capacity, to restrain, make a promise to restrain, thinking of a definite period <coughs> of time in the future. Then. Make a promise to do something, something to make up. Take great joy in goodness. Take great joy in all measures of goodness, all measures of merit. Take joy, rejoice for those who do goodness out of difficult situations, no matter what the measure. Rejoice for those who have transcended 
people are transcending, rejoicing your efforts. Continue until you feel a sense of elation, blending with a sense of ease. depth of sense of tranquility or ease you find yourself, this becomes your new platform to continue to meditate further. Now from within your new state of sense of ease, embrace all beings, look at them, look at their conditions, the problems that they are enjoying, the happiness that is eluding them. Let your compassion and your love embrace them. And holding them with such an embrace, you turn your mind again back to the teacher gazing at the teacher with your heart holding, embracing all beings. You see that through the teacher you're connected to all the enlightened beings. With this realization, we ask all these enlightened beings to please teach beings how to end their pain to find true happiness. This is asking to turn the wheel of the Dharma. Ask them to please stay. Until all beings are free. <coughs> for the meditation you're about to do in this very session. Review the merits you gained through these preliminaries you've done so far and dedicate their power to help you with this meditation. May the object of your meditation appear clearer. May your understanding be more profound. May your mind not be prone to distraction.
see that bright form. This is the very goal you're aspiring to achieve. Just an arm's length distance from you. Aspiring to be closer, you ask the teacher to come to the crown of your head. Now feel that right form, that right presence about the distance of the length of your palm of your head, facing the same direction as you are. Feel yourself closer to the bright beams radiating from that form and makes very strong wishes to become free of the obstacles for this meditation. To be filled with the realizations that you are seeking. As you beg for blessings. on that form, the object that you aspire to achieve is above your head, distance the length of the palm of your hand. So close. It strengthens your aspiration to be inseparable. By the strength of your aspiration, the form of the teacher dissolves into a point of light. The point of light descends through the crown of your head. See and feel it descending, meeting your mind at your heart center, merging, becoming one.
attention back to the breath. Staying aware of the breath, slowly become aware of the body once more. expecting to see so many people tonight. <laughs> I was going to walk in and say, okay, I can go home. <laughs> 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 and you are hardcore, aren't you? There's <laughs> <laughs> a blizzard outside. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so... forget uh, we won't be able to meet next Friday next Friday is uh, <laughs> we haven't had in, I haven't done that in such a long time all right sojo and we're gonna try it okay <laughs> okay so now we get into the uh, interesting part of the wisdom meditation prior to that we're trying to get into a meditative state that that uh, itself is very conducive to meditating on wisdom. Okay. Now that you are quite experienced at getting into that into that meditative state, now it's easier for you to do the meditation on wisdom. Okay. Because the meditative state itself has something about it, some quality about it that is uh, very similar to the experience of of the object. The experiencing the object of, of wisdom. Okay. Now, remember, this is not just uh, wisdom in the sense of, uh, uh, like we call it ordinary wisdom. Okay. This is the perfection of wisdom. And and make sure that when you're doing uh, when you're doing this meditation, that before you start the medi- before you start contemplating the true nature of reality that that you have at least a very uh, as close as possible a sense of uh, bodhicitta before you start doing the meditation okay perhaps while you're doing the 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 blessing part of the meditation where you're requesting for blessing not only are you requesting for blessing so you can you know think of all the different steps that you need to go through while you're meditating on wisdom to understand better to have clarity and things like that but also at the same time um, let, let that be fueled by a, by a determination that you're you're seeking this wisdom 
for the ultimate purpose. You're seeking this for to fulfill the uh, the Bodhisattva aspiration of removing the suffering of all beings. Okay. Uh, and it's not the Bodhisattva, remember the Bodhisattva ideal, the Bodhisattva uh, 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 the, de- the Bodhisattva determination isn't simply just the kind of sentiment that you have for someone who's been nice to you and you want to return that, uh, that ki- the kindness in turn and that you want to return that, that favor in, in, in kind say in kind in turn in kind <laughs> okay what y- this is the superlative form of, of, of compassion this is compassion that you know that has no li- that has no limit not only has no limit in the sense that it reaches to all beings it has no limit in the sense of uh, it doesn't care what it gets back okay it only cares about their suffering it must be removed okay and there's a need for happiness it must be uh, established. It doesn't. It, it doesn't care whether the object is an object that is considering the, you or the bodhisattva as an enemy, as an object to to uh, to, to to harm or who has harmed you. That, that has that plays no. Uh, that has no part whatsoever in determining where where the compassion goes, how far the compa- where the pa- compassion reaches. Okay, so it's not only. Uh, a compassion that is ex- that extends to all being, but is m- mainly based on that compassion, based on that love. There is a sense, a, d- a determined sense of doing something about it. Okay, a strong determination to do something about it, and you f- and you do see that acquiring wisdom will help you get the skills you need in order to 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 fulfill to. Uh, to bring compassion to its ultimate consummation. Okay. All right. So with that as your background, and then you begin your meditation. So you do everything, and then you get to now to the the very last, the mind at the at a state of very uh, uh, not holding on to any objects. And when the mind is not holding on to any, has the sense of not holding on to any object, it is a it is a very powerful. Uh, uh, meditative state to be in. Nah, okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> You're not really going to be in that state for now. <laughs> Only a high-level bodhisattva can make use of that state. But we're going to pretend. <laughs> but but the state that you that you uh, you will have uh, 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 achieved in the med- in your med- in your state in your uh, in your present state is somewhat similar to that. Okay, so you could say it is the highest uh, form of clarity, the highest form of focus that you can achieve. It's not even, sh- it's not, you're not even at, at may not even be at China yet, but it, it's, it's very helpful. So it's like getting rid of all the junk that, you, instead of meeting with the junk while you're trying to meditate, and all that, all that does is just, you know, build up frustration rather than build up wisdom. So you get rid of, of or you get, you get rid of all the, the condition, the precondition that would bring about frustration, you get rid of them, and the mind is now mm-hmm. just really ready to do to meditate on absence because you, you, you've been letting the mind think, oh, absence is nice, absence is nice. Look at that, the absence, and the mind says, oh, that's nice. Give me another absence. It's about this absence. Oh, that's even nicer. Give me another absence, and then now you're ready to give it the biggest absence. <laughs> okay. 
Now, uh, when your mind is clear and you, and you're not entering the meditation with prejudice in a sense of you already know what the wisdom is going to be and you're waiting for the meditation to, to reveal it to you. Okay? That's, that's, that's not wisdom meditation, that's just you know, creating fa- a fantasy. Okay? And we are already experts at creating fantasy and look at what we have created. <laughs> so there's no need to uh, exercise that any further. Okay? Now just let uh, uh, be very open-minded, have that sense of open-mindedness. Okay? Don't don't think that prasang, don't, don't even bring those words prasangika, madhyamika, swatantika. Don't even bring those things in your meditation. Okay, if they're going to be too, too like you no, know, they're, they're too abstract, too you no, know, too an abstract, too esoteric, not esoteric, nebulous, conceptual. No, not not even that. Uh, no, too something even more mundane. I'm looking for. <laughs> What's that? Theoretical. 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 But more in the sense of too, like too out there, too. Well, never mind. Maybe next <laughs> it will come. Up. So uh, all those all those words that you're using, it, they're supposed to be they're supposed to be present, but that, that's not exactly what I was trying to point to. Uh, too exotic. That's the word. <laughs> now those words are exotic. Prasangika. I mean, when you went to when you were going to. Uh, to when you were learning the alphabet, you know, at what point did that come, come into into play? Okay, A B C Prasangika. You know, <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it played much of an important role back then. But the main thing is to uh, try to understand your your doing meditation. Your purpose is to find the true nature of reality. The purpose is not to establish that Prasangikas are right or that the Svatantrikas are, are wrong. That's not, don't enter the meditation with, with that uh, attitude. Okay. So the prasangikas will say, when you whatever, wh- when you end up with the right answer, you get the prasangika answer. Okay. <laughs> of course, the svatantikas will say the same thing. But <laughs> the thing is, uh, be very open-minded. Don't think. Don't. You're not trying to prove somebody right. You're not trying to prove somebody wrong. What are, what, what are you trying to do? There is suffering happening around here and you're looking for the solution for it. And you want this meditation to be the same way as uh, uh, with the same degree of, of uh, imposing that, 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 that uh, suffering has upon you. You want the truth, that, that which will free you from suffering to have the same sense of imposingness. By imposingness, I mean that it's not just some Okay, about or word now, nebulous. It's not just some, some nebulous thing out there in the cloud somewhere that's very nice to look at, you know, but something that, that, that deals with issues that you're, you're, you're dealing with, okay? That deals with your existence, that deals with, 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 with things which are relevant to you, okay? Okay, so, uh, I'll give you, now we're going to philosophy. Okay, I'm going to talk about Pasangika and Satantika and those people. <laughs> the main thing is to keep it simple. Okay. Why, and also remember, why did the Buddha uh, uh, prefer to describe the ultimate nature of reality? You know, imagine you all, a thousand people, you know, you've been uh, going to different teachers 
seeking the true nature of reality and, and you, so far you haven't found it. And they've been giving you so very beautiful, very abstract, beautiful uh, answers that has nothing to do with the true nature of reality. But it's beautiful what they're saying. And then you're a bit frustrated and now you're sitting and then you're in front of somebody who you, absolutely, you have absolute faith will now tell you the true nature of reality and, it's, and he says, empty. What? <laughs> he says, empty. So, you see, you can see or you can sense the, the psychological effect that has on you. Okay? The problem isn't the true nature of reality. The problem is you assuming to know what it is and then imposing that assumption. Okay? And when you, when you simply remove that assumption, then there's the true nature of reality. The true nature of reality is not hiding from, from you. Okay. The true nature of reality is cons- is is being uh, uh, how do you say obscured obscured by our own imposing what it's supposed to be. Okay. So taking that into consideration, and the Buddha uh, trying to do this psychological you know Im- having the psychological impact, and then and you say oh, why do you say things are empty? And then here's the very simple answer, and then that, that, that becomes the four, the eight, the eighteen sub-schools. <laughs> okay. Interdependent. And you probably say, well, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know a tree comes from a sea and a, you know, and a chicken comes from an egg and... Uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 this comes from that, but what has it got to do with, with anything? Okay. So this is where it is. This is where it lies. So we have some understanding. It's like we, we take we take interdependence to a certain degree, but we refuse to go further. So somewhere we ascribe there is something that is not interdependent. Even this is not something that we are doing consciously. Some we at the very moment of experience, there isn't the sense of appreciating interdependence. Okay, at the very moment of experience, there isn't the sense of appreciating interdependence. Interdependence goes out of uh, out of the the picture at that very moment. At the very moment, there is grasping to inherent existence. And here is again a term that you never heard of before and here you're being told that that's what you've been doing all your, all your existences. Okay. And then now we have to try, try to figure out what is this inter, what, is, what does it mean to be inherent existent? Okay. What is inherent existent? Now, in because phenomena are interdependent, they lack inherent existence. That's it. Now you're supposed to take this interdependence uh, 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 analogy or, or, or reasoning across the board. There shouldn't be one thing left. That the one thing. There shouldn't be anything left out. Okay. So when you're examining something. 
when you are looking at the fact that it is interdependent listen up when you're looking at the fact that it is interdependent your mind at that moment or, or for some for some measure of time or from split second is not holding on to the idea that it is inherently existent but once you start to look at interdependence more and more and more and more and more or within within that within that uh, analysis analysis itself as you're looking at interdependence inherent grasping to inherent existence comes back into the picture and it makes interdependence into inherently existent that's why at the very first moment that maybe the f- the first time you did a tr- a nice meditation uh, not I'm not talking about your previous life when you did shine and things like that so but when you heard when when the idea of emptiness intrigued you and you are really thinking about it and you arrive at interdependence for a split moment you felt you were freed from inherent existence grasping but because of the the of of the uh let's say the habitual energy of grasping to inherent existence it came back into the picture and it's and 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 it, and it makes uh now the, the next moment of looking at in her interdependence to be irrelevant it, 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 it doesn't move it doesn't move you again the second time okay the thing is you have to keep going back and you have to keep on releasing releasing what you, what you, what you think your preconceptions of what you think it should be and and that also means stop trying to force the issue i mean stop trying to force a prasangika answer okay now here is the the, the philosophy thing interdependence that's that's the end that's the answer right and then and then uh, the force of grasping into inherent existence comes back and then you and then you say oh yeah in- interdependence that means that uh if it comes from causes and conditions then it is interdependent okay so that's that's easy right if it comes from causes and conditions it is interdependent and because it comes from causes and conditions it is not inherently existent now as you are hearing this or reading this what is it doing for you when i say it is not inherently existent does some part of your mind say oh wow <laughs> or is it some part of your mind say okay next word please <laughs> <laughs> so you have to a way of making that term mean something for you okay and that's where you have to look for where what is it that they are pointing to when they when when they are pointing when they're saying inherent grasping to inherent existence and you don't have to do you, you don't have to read nagarjuna to find that out okay as a matter of fact you read nagarjuna will help you but it may not it may not necessarily definitely help you it will not ultimately help you yeah i'm not trying to be it will help you <laughs> of course it will help you <laughs> but the thing is in your meditation you cannot bring a book you know you cannot bring a book inside the meditation okay so you have to simply look look 
Look, 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 look at, look at, just look. And take any object that appears in, 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 your, in your perception. Whether it is your eye perception, your, 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 your hearing perception. And then, and look at it. And as you're looking at it, try to sense how you are grasping to its reality, to its ultimate nature. Okay? Not just to its appearance, but to its ultimate nature. And just, you just think that. What is it? Just ask yourself, what is it? And then you will, you will find your mind, uh, that, that part of your mind that is grasping to, to, to it, to its reality in a certain way. And when you, f- like for example, uh, it is evident as we are looking at things that they look like, you know, there's one over there, there's one over there, there's one over there, and there's blue there. So it, that's what you're supposed to be looking at. You're not supposed to be trying to have a uh, trying to get into some uh, time machine and go back to to Nagarjuna and try to see what Nagarjuna was looking at when he was uh, describing our existence. Okay, look at what you're looking at. Look at what you're experiencing right here, right now. Okay, the way you're grasping to it. That's what they're that's what they're pointing to as being grasping to an inner existence. Okay, now. You have the uh, the re uh, re what the reasserting the reasserting of of the, the 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 habitual tendency to grasp onto inherent existence, always influencing what's going on. Okay. So you have oh, if it comes from causes and conditions, it doesn't it. It's appearing, and at, at simultaneously as, as it is appearing, there isn't anything about the appearance that informs me that it is interdependent, right? And I grab and I grab onto that, and I think that's it, that's the true nature of it. Then, when you start to examine it, you see that it is coming from causes and conditions. Then that that thing that you are grasping onto that you thought inherently existed, that thing disappears. Okay? It's not the thing that comes from cause and condition disappears. The thing that you are gra- ho- holding onto, grasping to it as not coming from causes and condition, that thing disappears. Okay? And that's the empty. That's the empty that you're looking at directly you seeing that what your ignorance was holding on strongly to exist doesn't exist. And when you look at its absence, then your mind loses, uh, uh, your mind loses, uh, uh, it loses hold on the mind. The mind let go, let, lets go of it. Okay. So, causes and condition. And then what happens now? Now you have causes and conditions and you see that the thing that disappeared, the thing that, that seeming, seemingly to exist inherently, that thing disappears, now there are causes and conditions. And that's the lower school. What does the lower school, what, what does it do? Grasping to self-existent comes in and it says, oh, now causes and conditions are inherently existent. 
Now they don't say it, but they're grasping onto it. Okay. So they don't examine further. Okay. Now the next school talks about how well. What about things that ne don't necessarily have uh, material causes? Okay. That exist. <coughs> okay. And they said a, a more subtle way of looking at it because. If, if, if there was just one, this one thing left in the universe, how would you find its, uh, its uh, true nature when you don't see the causes and conditions that, kept, that brought it into existence? Okay? So we say another way of, 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 of interdependence is that of the parts. The top, the bottom, the side, those coming together, those different parts, they are the interdependence of that thing. And when you see that, then that thing, that inherently existing thing now disappears. Now you just see, what do you see now? Parts. And of course, yeah. grasping to inherent existence comes in, and now you're holding on to the parts, having inherent existence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now a more sophisticated school come, uh, uh, stuff comes in. Comes in. Actually, there are three, three more now. You thought there were two? There are three more. <laughs> one, one says, wait a minute. There seems to be a, 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 a relationship between the, the object and the subject. And, in, in, and it seems that the object is dependent upon the subject. And it goes into, uh, uh, you know, it understands how things uh, understand how things are established. That, that, that's that's something that's gonna we need a thick dictionary to get into. What, is, what, what do you mean by established? Established by by the mind. Okay, the mind plays an important role in establishing existence. Okay, now what happens? So it goes into, oh, outside is really just inside happening. So it throws out outside, and then it holds on to inside, and then and of course the force of the habit of grasping to existence comes in. And you're looking at the inside, and you, it makes the mind inherently existent. Now, here is the fun part. Is <laughs> where what is really the distinction between? Okay, we're gonna throw. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw words at you. Don't. don't uh, no, if it hurts, no, tell me. <laughs> Svatantika. What's the difference between Svatantika and Prasangika? They both disagree that there's absolutely no out, no out, no outside phenomena that is outside of the mind. They both agree that they are indeed outside phenomena. They are outside phenomena, and they are inner, inner, inner phenomena. Mm -hmm. And they don't completely disagree that you know there's a relationship between subject and object. But to uh, to say that there are no objects whatsoever, there's only s subjects, then subjects become the inherently existent, the real. 
Okay. Mm. So they agree that uh, the mind plays an important role, but the Svatantika says the Svatantika now looks at outside, and Svatantika looks at uh, uh, outside and inside. Svatantika says there is something out outside, and then th and there is the mind. And it, the thing is, there's something out there that the mind is working on, and then the mind comes up with something. Okay. So there is really something outside, and there's really this mind, but the outcome is is, is interplay of, of those two. But there's really the outside thing, and there's really the mind. And what is really the outside thing, you can never come to know. And why is that really I inside thing you can never come to know? But when they in when they interact, there's this interplay, and then there's this there are the various things, various experiences that we have of outside and inside. Now, here's the prasangika. Prasangika say yes. Uh, there is a relationship between the mind and the and the, the mind and the object. Uh, the mind, subject, and the, and the objects that it perceives. It's like Prasangika sort of uh, 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 Prasangika does a uh, uh, what you call that a synthesis of all the views. Okay. Hey, wait a minute, guys. Uh, are you forgetting what, what what started all this? You're forgetting what started all this. Now you are falling into into the into the uh, pit of philosophy. You're philosophizing. Okay. Here's reality. What's its nature? What did the Buddha say? Interdependence. The Buddha didn't say, okay, these are interdependent and these are not. He said interdependent. So whatever is an object of analysis or object of experience, that object is interdependent. Whether it is whether you're calling it outside or its experience as being outside, that is an interdependent object. And what are the ways that it interdepends? In every way that it interdepends. It comes from causes, it comes from the conditions, it comes from parts. And also, it, the, uh, the most powerful, the most uh, 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 significant part of, of the equation is the ascription, the labeling. Now the labeling itself is not, this is where you, you fall back into mine only, or, well I didn't say mine only, yeah. <laughs> into, the, into the other one. <laughs> when you think that by saying label, you think only label. Like you know, like the self-existing thing, the thing that truly exists is the label. The only thing, the only school that truly get, gets rid of all forms of inherent existence is the Prasangika. All the other schools have some form of inherent existence that they're not, uh, uh, they're not necessarily saying, 
They're not saying that this is self-existent, that one is not. They're not saying it, but it, 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 there's that implication in, in, in there. It creeps in. It creeps in. Yes. Okay. So, when, you're, when the object that exists, that you are analyzing its ultimate nature, is an object that, that has the appearance of outside, you cannot find any inherent existence in it. You don't end up with the mind. Okay? If you end up with the mind, you are, you, you are sliding back. What should you end up with? <laughs> empty. Okay. You should end up with empty. Even when you find, when you see the connection of the mind with it, you don't, uh, you know, it's like the mind is uh, uh, like when the, uh, like for the parts, for example, right? You say, oh, the it that I thought existed inherently doesn't exist inherently because of the parts. And you don't see that it anymore. And you're focusing at the parts. But you don't examine the parts any further. And they remain in your mind, inherently grasping, gra grasping to them. So, when one of the parts that, that, that contributed to the existence of whatever phenomena is the mind, and then if you just look at the mind, it becomes like, it's like grasping to one of the parts. Okay? So, something exists if It depends if it comes from causes and conditions. If it has parts. Also, if it is posited by a valid mind. Okay. So, when the Prasangika says mere label, is not, it's the Prasangika is not only talking to things that are experienced as being outside. The Prasinga is talking about whatever it is that you, that you ascribe existence to, whether it is a subject thing or an object thing. So whether you're talking about chairs and table and the world, it's mere label. And the Prasinga guy is not pointing to the mind as being that's the one that truly exists. Okay? Because the mind participates in its existence, that thing is mere label. And when you look at the mind itself, that itself is a mere label. And inside me label, outside me label, what do you have left to grab onto as having some other kind of existence? Nothing. Okay. All right. Now, how does when, when do you how do you make use of this? <laughs> Remember, sentient beings are suffering. You gotta look for emptiness so we can help them. Now, how does think about prasangikas, prasangikas? My only school. Now, how is that going to help sentient beings? <laughs> okay. Um. Grasping to inherit existence uh, hmm. 
I was going. I was, I was going through a cliche at you. Is the cause of all suffering. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> we act out of conviction, and every action brings about results. So, if the the very foundation of our conviction is flawed, then the results that we, we, we experience will also be flawed. That's why they're called unskillful. <coughs> okay. So this conviction is deep-seated, and we have to undermine it. And the only way <coughs> to undermine this is to directly see that it doesn't exist. That's, you, um, you probably have felt that sense <coughs> of, uh, uh, that sense of, quite almost. <laughs> when I say, okay, the outside is mere label, the inside is mere label. And then, and, you, and, you, and th- that mind that was quickly trying to grasp onto inerrant existence, didn't find anything <coughs> to put inerrant existence on. And you were, f- you were left in, uh, okay? You were left in, uh. <laughs> There's nothing to put inherent existence on anymore. Mm. Now, here's where even the emotion comes in. If, when you were doing the, 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 prelim, the, the, the first meditation, and you really saw the grasping, and you, f- and you, and you experienced how deep-seated it is, how important it was to you for things to inherit existence, inherently exist. And the only reason that the mind grasps onto inherent existence because the mind believes that's what brings order. The mind believes that's the only way for something to exist. It can only exist if it exists inherently. Okay? And it seems that way. Okay? And when you completely undermine this, the mind is shaken the mind will be shaken. It has to be shaken. Okay. And it has nothing to grab onto. And that's exactly where you want the mind to be. In a place of grabbing onto nothing. And if that that word scares the, uh, the living Bee Gees, <laughs> then understand you are close. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and of course, there are all these uh, different interpretations of okay, what, are the, what is it, what what is it that the Pasingas are really saying? And then comes the other nine schools. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to the other nine schools. Okay, but. Keep it simple, okay? Keep it simple. There's no object. Analyze it realistically, open-mindedly, and then see where it, where it leads to. Okay. There's my hand. It appears to be my hand. And as I'm looking at it, as I'm grasp, as I'm, as I'm experiencing it as my hand. There's a part of me that is that is. Uh, uh, ascribing discreteness 
uniqueness to it. You know, there's not. It is my hand. Always been my hand. When I will never be anything but my hand, and there's nothing else that is that is my hand other than my hand. That's how all these things are happening with the mind. Okay. And because of, of these things, there's the need to protect my hand. There's a need to help my hand. Okay. And when you undermine that discreteness, uh, uniqueness, the, uh, uh, the always be my hand, will always be my hand, I'm stuck with it forever, uh, for, for eternity, then when you undermine that, then you're free of this. Then you're free, then you're free of, 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 of that experience. Now, right before, you know, uh, before you go through uh, the threshold, I should say, okay, then your hand is gone. You're going to freak out. There's a danger in maintaining an emptiness. <laughs> okay. Now, w- when, when, and it's not just your hand that's going to be gone, you're going to be gone. You're not going to find yourself. And what is that self that you're not going to find? That self that you thought existed, always existed, will always exist, has always existed. The thing that you've been grasping onto, it's going to go. And you're going to, no, think that you know. I'm emptiness is dissolving me. I'm dissolving. <laughs> I'm dissolving. <laughs> and the need to exist is gonna is gonna is gonna reassert itself. The the, the, the grasping to wa- wanting to exist. I have to exist. I need to exist. I shouldn't cease to exist. For some reason, there's a stupid thing in our heads that think that somehow this miracle can happen. We sometimes we could wish. <laughs> I wish I could not exist anymore. I have to deal with all this. Uh. <laughs> that will never happen. <laughs> okay, it will always exist in form, form or another. Okay, so when the hand is gone, you're gonna freak out. Where's my hand? Where's my hand? Where's my hand? Or when self is gone, where's myself? Where's myself? Where's myself? And interesting, <laughs> you, you find that you, you see what? The self crying. I lost myself. Where's myself? <laughs> the self is crying. <laughs> I can't find myself. Okay. So when you go get through that door, and you and you start freaking out, now you're back to sanity. And the next time you see no hand, you will say, "Wow, wonderful! No hand. Look, ma." <laughs> 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 no hand. Look, my no self. <laughs> okay. Oh, seriously, <laughs> suffering such a being. Right? <laughs> wow, it must be the snow or something. <laughs> okay. Um, you should have fun in your meditation, okay? <laughs> So when you're doing the meditation and trying to figure out Pasangiya Sasangika, if your head is about to crack, stop. You go in the wrong direction. Okay. 
if, if, if your sense of self is making you, if your sense of losing yourself is freaking you out, then you're <laughs> heading in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whereas you want to lose that. <laughs> okay. um, so, uh, very simple. Sense of self. Really extract it and have the real emotional feeling of what it is supposed to be. And you have it like, you know, as if you can take yourself and give it to someone. Oh, there it is. And you start analyzing it. What is it? When you say what is it, it is taking the ignorant mind to a journey. And you're saying, okay, this is what you absolutely believe exists. Let's prove that it exists. And when just establishing one, one manner of d- interdependence is enough. Okay. You don't have to go into you know, deep abstract uh, inter- interdependence. Once you establish any interdependence, and you're just looking at the interdependence, then that sense of self will just vanish. And that's wisdom. And just stay there. Okay. Now, you've, you've taken the ignorant mind to a journey. You've, you've, you've forced the ignorant mind to, to, to really prove itself. Then the object that, that has been tricking you with the illusion that it's been tricking you with is no longer there, then the ignorant mind will go away and now you have a conviction that undermines ignorance. Because you're directly perceiving that what ignorance has been telling you all this time doesn't exist. It's like, uh, uh, who believes in Santa Claus? I don't want to hurt anybody. Well, anyway, it's time for you to be shocked. There's no Santa Claus. <laughs> so, so there's that conviction that you've had that there is a Santa Claus, there's a Santa Claus, and then you examine, okay, this, let's see if it is. It says it is this, it is that, it is that, and you follow this. What does it lead to? And when that part is gone, this part is gone, and you end up, wait a minute, there's no Santa Claus. And now you're free of expecting Santa Claus to give you a gift. Okay. No, 40 years old, <laughs> now you're free. Oh, no wonder Santa Claus never brought that up. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> so if I shattered anybody's uh, convictions, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> So this self that ignorance has been grasping on to believe, uh, making you believe it exists. And here it is. It's at the moments when um, this is this is the last. It is. This is this. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment when when you're in pain, or at the moment when you're uh, experiencing some great joy, that's when the sense of self is exaggerated. And that's when you have to be careful. That's when you have to 
that, that's when that's that, that's it to look. Okay. That's when it's clear. So you, you don't have to go into a lot of uh, imagination trying to imagine the sense of self. There it is, right there. Okay. And when it, uh, when it, it is appearing to you that way, like when you're sick, at that moment when you're sick, you feel that you, you, you've always been sick, always be sick. And that's how it feels at that moment. Okay? That's the sense of inherent existence. Okay. Of course, when it goes away, the next, uh, whenever you're, you're feeling better, that feeling better, you've always been feeling better, and you always, <laughs> and you always feel better. That's how it's what you are. That's what you've always been. That's what you will always be. Okay. It's at this moment to, to catch it. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you have no time to meditate. <laughs> Tonight, that is. But we're going to pretend real quickly, okay? Steady the body, posture. Trying to be back, bring back that sense of ease simply by recalling it as clearly as possible. And that very recalling it will infuse your present state. to the legs and hands, shoulders, elbows, back, head and neck, mouth, teeth, tongue, eyes, bring your thinking to your heart center. you're going to do. Observe five cycles of breath. Recalling what you saw, what you heard, 
the walls, the people here, the ground. sense of comfort that it is experiencing. Has with it the absence. It is empty of outside. Stampede, slush, and a sense of comfort becomes deeper. And the mind starts to relish focusing at absence. the absence of objects, empty of ground, empty of room, with walls, ceilings, people. Look at the space, empty of outside, slush, commotion, traffic. And the mind relishes this absence even more.
that is free of awareness, space, ground, How about no thoughts whatsoever, no movement, not even holding on to the concept of sense of comfort, relishing. Within that buoyancy, call yourself, have the sense of self come up. to see what happens when you really look at it. That sense of Is it 
mine? Is it other? Attention back to the breath. And try to stay in this tranquil state. And embrace again all beings. While embracing them, strongly wish that they be free of whatever problems they're experiencing. Strongly wish. find true happiness. Let the very tranquil state you're experiencing become that happiness.
dedicate the merits of this meditation to the achievement of your ultimate goal. clarify one last thing sorry <laughs> passing giga looking outside looking inside and both outside both inside lack of mere labels and then you end up with nothing I said that so I have to clarify that okay so what is it that you're looking for that you end up with nothing that's what's important to keep in mind exists is already appearing to you. What your mind is grasping on that doesn't exist. That's what you end up with. That's why you end up with nothing. Because it doesn't exist. Okay. Things exist. But when you're looking for the way that they don't exist, you end up with nothing. Okay. But that Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not that you know, when you the big nothing is the, is, the, is what we, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the big nothing so we can die in it and mm-hmm. and become nothing. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>